The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. are back with the conquest of bliss i am here once again with the lovely bethany williams Hello. she is <laughs> she's a, a nurse from the great country of the united that's such a huge range she's from missouri <laughs> <That's helpful. laughs> like she's from the united states like the one person from the u.s you know bethany from the u.s uh, anyways we are here to talk about love and what what that means. So I'm a once again, let Bethany start. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's so many different types of love. And um, there's questions on whether you can actually feel unconditional love. What's the difference between being lo- in, loving somebody and being in love with them? And I really like to answer those, those questions. Here yes. Today. Oh, yes. Okay. I am stoked. So, <laughs> um, what, uh, okay, so I'm going to just, I'm going to re, re-ask, that's a new word, I'm going to reiterate your question, so, unconditional love, legit or no? Legit, it is I agree. very legit, <laughs> um, it, it's very rare, though, it's, it's actually very rare, you can feel unconditional love for a very short amount of time, but generally the cause of that love. Uh, once it goes away, the unconditional love tends to go away. Um, there's uh, there's several different types of love that are uh, termed by the Greeks. Um, the unconditional mm-hmm. love is called agape. Okay. And it's thought to be the type of love that, that Jesus had for the world. And okay. um, I can honestly say that I... I think I feel this love. I love everybody. I don't care what you're doing. I want you to have a good, prosperous life. I care about you. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm pissed off I agree so hard with what you're saying. I don't know how to actually like even verbalize it. Uh, uh, so... I mean, I would say that I think the most commonly seen version of unconditional love is probably uh, parents with their children. Um, now, not all parents feel that, of course. That's a different type of love. <laughs> <laughs> that um, the Greeks also so, have a term for. <laughs> of course they do. My dad always pronounced that agape, which is probably just because my dad pronounces things wrong, but maybe not. I don't actually um, have a correct pronunciation so because i read it and (laughs) when you read things you don't know (laughs) oh i know do you know how many times i wrote i read the word awry as ari so many times ari and then i'd say it out i said it out loud and my my mama had also read it wrong for her like yeah okay that's a whole other thing um so uh what i was gonna say is i i I like to believe that I am at least fostering unconditional love because I'm finding that I am much quicker to be understanding and forgiving of people. And even if I don't understand them, 
I still, you know, really do want the best for people and I want them to succeed even when they're being ornery buttheads. <laughs> I really, really want that. So I think I think I relate to that, but I'm gonna let you continue telling us about the types of love. Um, according to the Greeks. <laughs> according to the Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> the type of love that you were mentioning that is between uh, like parent and child. Mm-hmm is called storge. This I did have a pronunciation for because it was in the parentheses. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's the familiar love, the love between family. Um, it's more of the strong bond and you don't really have a choice in feeling that bond. That It can definitely break. You know, toxic families exist. Mm-hmm. But that, that just... You, you've lived with this person for so long. You came from them or... They came from you. One that's that's pretty close is philia. It's the affectionate love, okay. the kind of love you have you have for your friends. It's there's no physical attraction. It's just it's what uh, what we commonly call platonic. Yeah. What's What's interesting about that, and this is just going to be me nerding out for just a quick sec, um, <laughs> is philia is very. It, I I would guess, and I'm you know. I'm no linguist. I'm no anything really, except for just a girl that talks too much. But I'm uh, <laughs> when I hear the word philia or philia, I think of the philia as a suffix that we use super super commonly. That usually in uh, in English usually refers to attraction to, right? Um, with the exception of hemophilia, I don't think like that's not attraction to blood. That's just like a lot of blood. Uh, which is a different thing, but like I'm thinking of, okay, I can only think of a terrible one, but there's other ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, sorry. I know which one you're thinking of, I think. <laughs> well, cause yeah, like I saw, okay, side note, I saw someone write something about hemophilia the other day and for some reason my brain read it as, as the other one, necrophilia. <laughs> And I was like, what the hell? I was, I was so upset for like a half a second before I realized that, no, that's a good... Anyways, off track, as usual. Philia, affectionate, non-attraction love. Go ahead. This this philia is spelled P-H-I-L-I-E. And the philia that you're thinking of as in is P-H-E. <laughs> which the spelling oh. is so important, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Kara's made an ass of herself yet again. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's you're good. Hey, that's there are probably so many people listening that probably thought the same thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure probably that's true. Um, and I mean, you know, it's okay. I'm. I'm getting used to. Getting used to making making myself... Well, I wouldn't even say... Okay, I'm not making an ass of myself. I'm just being incredibly real. <laughs> Sounds better yeah. if I use the word authentic instead of ass. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so the next type of love... We have Philautia, mm. which, is, which is self-love. Oh, nice. It's... <laughs> It's not narcissistic or selfish. That's not what this is pertaining to. That I don't believe. 
I don't personally believe that's a type of love. Fair. <laughs> um, it is necessary to feel Balautia to be able to give and receive love from other people by the definition of Balautia. Now, I don't believe you have to love yourself to love other things. Oh, I have I to. think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I believe you have to have re- some measure of of uh, positive feelings for yourself, but you don't necessarily have to love everything about yourself in order to love everybody or somebody in your life. It, that can be a really important stepping stone to finding the love in yourself is finding somebody to love. So I don't want you to feel like, oh, I don't love myself. All of my mean, my relationships are meaningless. It's not. Yeah. So that's something that's something that I like legit struggled with for such a long time because that's so common. People say you can't love someone else till you love yourself. And it's like, first of all, love yourself means nothing. It means nothing. That is a meaningless <laughs> phrase. Yeah. Um, second of all, second of all, it's obviously untrue. We are an entire society of people with 80% of us freaking hating ourselves but loving one another to some degree or another. So it's, it's, it's obviously untrue that it's, it's not possible, but what I figure, and you know, I'm wrong all the time. So bear that in mind, just anytime you're listening to me talk. (laughs) Um, But uh, I figure that it would be more correct to say you are more capable of sustaining love long-term and giving more of yourself when you're tending your own garden of love. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like, like that that sound with me clapping <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and and i i just think that that's a lot more accurate is is yes you can love longer and you can love better when you learn to take care of yourself and love yourself but that doesn't that doesn't take away the legitimacy or validity of the love you give before you get there so like all you motherfuckers that are judging could just calm down <laughs> Um, anyhow, <laughs> what's the next type of love? Because we haven't gotten to the most commonly used one, so I know there's more. I have three more. Ooh. We have Eros, which is the romantic love. Ooh. The kind of love you feel at the beginning of a passionate, intimate relationship. This kind of love is felt deeply and strongly. It's that fire at the beginning. But as people are well aware, that fire does burn out. Mm-hmm. It does not, this is not a long-term love. We all hope that this love turns into pragma, the, the enduring love, the long-term love that develops over time. So Eros, and, is that E-R-O-S? Yes. Nice. Okay. Like the, the Greek god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, pragma. Pragma is uh, based on long on uh, duty and, and interests in each other, but more than the sexual uh, attraction. Um, there can definitely still be sexual attraction. It's just not the basis. Like you can go months or so, or <laughs> seven years <laughs> without having that sexual intimacy because you've got the the intellectual intimacy going on and you still feel fulfilled in in pragma so my question would be uh, so eros quick we have multiple questions apparently eros would you equivalent equivalent 
that's not a word, <laughs> equate, uh, equate that to um, what we would call infatuation. Definitely, yes. And then with pragma, so I don't know what the last letter. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna retract that because there is a, a one that infatuation fits better, and that I was gonna talk about last because I have a, a whole thing on that last one. Oh, okay. I want to okay. talk about. So is um, it more like puppy love then, like the the um? Oh gosh, what is the word for that? Uh, honeymoon phase. Yes, would be what yes, eros is like. Phase. Okay, and then pragma, um, which I think is. every time I hear a word like that I'm like oh like pragmatic Um, but pragma which I I mean that would make sense uh, is is basically when you intertwine and build a life with someone and it's you've got that uh, interdependency Mm -hmm. okay yeah all right I'm ready I'm ready for infatuation Bethany (laughs) the last one I wanted to talk about is ludus it's the playful and committed love, the tickling, flirting, fling. Uh, this is very, very easy to confuse with Eros, <laughs> which is where pl- problems lie. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the love versus in love. All right, it's and really, philia plays a part in here too. The affectionate platonic love because that can get confusing on one side. If one side's not feeling the platonic, it's really something else. Mm-hmm. And this turns into a Ludus versus Eris versus Philia kind of deal. Like, what's it really? What are you really feeling? Ludus and Philia can definitely turn into Eros. So if that's all your relationship is right now, don't worry. Don't worry. Give it some time. Make some effort. Because those are just budding relationships and there's still a future. I mean, every relationship starts somewhere. So true. <laughs> uh, love is love is very very fluid and and it changes as as time goes it can wither and die or grow and flourish and, and you just gotta focus your your love where you want it to go and you can't force the other person to feel what you feel but you're never gonna know if they will if you don't make that effort so don't don't worry if you realize that you're just in a fling but you got to be on the same page as them too. They they got to know. You got to know. <laughs> yeah, communication is huge. Huge, huge. Um. So my questions. I have so many questions always. Um. So first about you said that Philia and Ludus can both turn into arrows. Mm-hmm. So how would one recognize? hypothetically uh i guess you just have a communication with your partner never mind scratch that um (laughs) it just seems obvious enough that i don't need to ask you uh just talk to talk to each other and if you're not talking to each other like just stop it talk to each other just just do it it's worth it it's always worth it to have the conversation even if it's awkward i'm grandstanding right now got my little soapbox talk to your partner um the the question i did have though is we've talked a little bit about it just randomly uh but in love versus love yes so that that, that's the question in love versus love it's very well phrased love love is just i feel like the basic love that you can feel for somebody is just you want them to do well they don't necessarily have to be in your life in love is you want to put that effort in. You want you want them in your life. 
You want them to be happy right. in your life. That makes sense. To me, to me, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty, pretty adequate. Although, I mean, I would definitely say that there are people that I do want in my life. I do want to be the best that I can in their lives, but I still don't feel that I'm in love with them. Like, just pretty much all of my friends. <laughs> pretty much everyone I know falls into that category, you know, no big deal. I'm totally <laughs> not talking about, like, platonic love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is significant other love because we've at least i've definitely been in plenty of relationships where i loved the person i enjoyed being with them and spending time with them but i could tell early on that this wasn't a relationship that i was going to want to be in long term and mm-hmm. if they ever popped the question out it was going to be a hard no <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a hard no? (laughs) (laughs) So that actually brings me to a, that brings me to what I think is a very important question. And that is what tools besides maybe radical acceptance, because I think radical acceptance definitely works well here. What tools would you recommend for someone who is dealing with the friend zone? You know, one of them's feeling philia, one of them's feeling ludus or eros. Um, or what they think is arrows, maybe it's Ludus, who knows? Um, what what tools would you recommend someone use if they're in that situation where they feel that they've been friend zoned? And that's a very complicated situation that we can probably get into deeper later, but that is um, really it's it, yeah, radical acceptance really. If somebody's decided they don't want to go past friendship with you, you're probably it's very rare to get past that. Um, people tend to get very hard set in their decision that this is just a friend. Um, but you really got to have some communication with them. Like, if if you're not willing to just stay a friend, if that is your main goal with the, the, your relationship with them to progress into something else, if you don't feel like you could just stay friends, to have that conversation. It's a hard conversation. But if your goal is one thing and their goal is another, you need to have it. Absolutely. And I think that's a pretty common uh, common theme in the in the love conversation altogether, even with friends, have the conversation. Because, yeah, like, I mean, one of the hardest things for, I think, a lot of people to accept when it comes to any situation that's like this is whether, even, even if it's not that your friend zone, but say someone stranger zones you, like, I don't want to be your friend. That's a new term, by the way, that I just made up. Uh, <laughs> but even if you've been stranger zoned, what what I think a tendency for a lot of people is, and, and I think it, it comes from a very honest place where we have a tendency to, or I, I have a tendency and people that I've talked to have a tendency to believe on some level, maybe not overtly, that we are owed friendship, love, relationships. And I think that that comes from a lot of places. Uh, there's, And that's why I say this is a much bigger overarching conversation. But I think that it's important to remember that your feelings do not equate to being owed something by someone else. And that doesn't reflect on you. If someone isn't interested in a relationship, that doesn't reflect on them thinking that you're a bad person necessarily. Everybody's got their own ideals of the kind of person that they imagine their life with and 
that's not that's not a problem that's based on you um if somebody's somebody else has decided you know or made that internal decision that they don't even have power over that they aren't feeling that for you it that's neither your or really their fault um and and you got to have respect for that like i i mentioned that um you gotta you gotta focus your love on where you want it to grow, but you've also gotta have respect for that other person and if it's not working for them, backing mm. off. You know, finding somewhere else to water. <laughs> <laughs> Throw those seeds in the garbage start again. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, like that's that's one thing that I mean I I get I get real passionate about uh, sometimes is there, there's very few things in this world that bother me more than when someone explains to someone that they're not interested in something for whatever reason, interested in something being a specific dynamic, and then someone continues to try in different ways and leaves that other person even out of it until they're like ready to present it. Because it's just, it's so hurtful and damaging to someone who doesn't know that you're not on the same page so again talk talk to each other just do it yes and like bethany said you know you unfortunately we have to respect the dis- not unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately it's hard but we have to respect the the decisions of the people around us when it comes to our involvement in their life and sometimes sometimes it hurts like just a Son of a gun. Like, what's a non-square way to say this? Um, <laughs> hurts like a nail gun to the foot. Like, it just sucks. I've never had that. Why would I use that? Okay. <laughs> hurts, though, is my point. Yes. And and that sucks so much. But, you know, back to the unconditional love part of the conversation. I think that, for me, personally, I am happier when I try to guide my decisions based on the idea that my affection and love even if it's minimal isn't contingent on the decisions and behaviors of the people that I'm dealing with yes yes if your love is if, if, how much you care about another person is based off of what how they act towards you sorry it's not unconditional <laughs> yeah and you're in for a hard time too. yes Yes. Like, which, uh, oh, sorry. Which kind of brings us around to what we were just talking about. If you're trying to, if you're trying to woo somebody, they're they're not feeling it, and they're uh, whether or not they reciprocate determines whether or not you love them. Then you're not feeling unconditional love. You're, mm-hmm. you're more infatuated and there are other options (laughs) well and and that's a super common trap from from both observation and experience where where people people fall in love with the idea of a person and and i think that that's that's it's inarguably not what you think it is if rejection makes you dislike someone like, and, and I'm not saying that rejection is not going to hurt and that you're not going to, you know, have reactions to that. That's not what I'm getting at. But what I'm getting at is if you see someone as a bad person because they had a different idea of it, 
then you maybe didn't know that person the way that you thought that you did. And that's okay, because do we ever know people the way we think we do? Maybe not. But, oh gosh, I was going somewhere with this, Bethany, I freaking <laughs> swear. Um, my, my point is, it's very, very easy to paint a picture of what someone else is in our minds, and then it's very, very easy to react poorly when that image of a person is is shown to be different than the actual behavior of the person. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I just like so bad at this. I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> I just feel awkward when I don't have anything else besides I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Yuppers. Alrighty, risky. Um, <laughs> Like, how many ways can I say yes? Uh, <laughs> yes, sir, Reba. Um, I, I have a lot. I have a lot of ways to say yes. <laughs> None of them are cool. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and so I think, I think there's just so much, uh, there's so much that goes into love. And I think that it's, it's, it's almost a crime that the English language has few, so few words for love. I talked about this on a previous episode with my friend Chris, because we were talking about language, and the topic of love came up. And, you know, we do have some words like adoration, uh, reverence even could be considered a type of love in, in certain contexts, uh, infatuation. But, you know, like, so we do have some words, but generally speaking, you know, we say I love you to our moms, we say I love you to our friends, we say I love you to our spouses when we have them, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's great because I think that, you know, at least in my experience, that's all true. I do love them, but it is different. You know, I love my mom differently than I love my, my hypothetical partner. Um, I've had partners. I feel like I can't, I'm not tragic. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I I have loved all sorts of people differently, and it's in some ways it's such a shame because things get really confusing when we're using one word to mean how many was there six or seven? Seven. Seven different, easily distinguishable, except for the the second to last and the or the third to last and the last one. Um, easy distinct. Okay. Oop. All right. Easy to distinguish <laughs> types of love, and we just blanket term it like what is that (laughs) and when I a lot of people misunderstand when I say I love everybody they they think that I a lot of people not everybody obviously Mm -hmm. think that I mean like I I want (laughs) to have relationships with everybody not I don't mean sexual I mean Mm -hmm. I know (laughs) affectionate (laughs) love um and no, no, I just, I want everybody to be happy and healthy. Just a blanket. Just everybody cozy and warm, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I relate so much, so much to everything that you just said. I agree. Yes. Yes, sirree, Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. <laughs> trying to use all my yeses. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I relate so much to that because definitely I've fallen into the same thing where people are like well what do you mean you love them or or like how can you how can you forgive them that's something that I've heard so many times and forgiveness is a whole topic but uh, (laughs) all right 
So... Ooh. I have a question for you. Oh, yay, yay. I love questions. Do you believe that you can love somebody who has hurt you? Absolutely. Severely? Absolutely. And and that's that's kind of what I was, was saying is, uh, yeah, I believe that you can love someone who hurt you. I believe that... So I've, I've been... I, you know, I've been, I've been hurt like anybody and, you know, suffered trauma, like, you know, good, I think 50% of the population or something. So yeah, I think that you can, and a lot of people struggle to understand what I mean, but I think it's really, really important to mention that loving someone doesn't mean giving what they giving them what they want all the time. Loving someone doesn't mean giving in and having a relationship. And it definitely doesn't mean allowing a toxic dynamic to continue to exist yes because i have had many not always even you know partners and stuff like that i've had many of all the types of love i have had toxic relationships within like that fall into all of those different categories except for maybe the first one and once i realized that the dynamic was toxic and when i say that what i'm specifically referring to is like i i participated in in toxicity as well and realizing that walking away is sometimes the most loving thing you can do. Ending a relationship is sometimes the most loving thing you can do. And sometimes I need time to heal, but I never, well, I don't want to say never. I mean, you know, I'm a human. I occasionally have like bad thoughts. Like, yeah, like I hope you get stuck in traffic, you know, but, um, but I, I continue to love them in a sense that you know I really do want what's best for them I have a, a friend that I'm thinking of specifically right now and I haven't talked to her in two and a half years because together we created this awful dynamic where neither of us were thriving or gaining anything from the relationship but like I think of her often and I send I send I, I send love waves <laughs> to her <laughs> Like I send good thoughts to her and, and I just hope so hard that she's doing well. Awesome. I sounded like such a dork. <laughs> Love waves. I Love understand. Waves. It's, it's positive energy, which I believe is a very powerful thing, whether mm-hmm. the listeners do or not. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I might have a problem with alienating my listeners because I'm like I'm like, I don't care if you like it. <laughs> like, deal with it. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm so aggressive. <laughs> I mean, I really do love you guys. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I promise. It might not feel like it, but I do. Uh, um, and and so the final question that I have for you before I ask the, the, you know, do you have anything to add part would be, how do you think is best to handle when someone loves you or or they believe that they love you and maybe you don't believe that they love you or or whatever what do you think is a good way to handle stepping back from that without being hurtful like do you mean being on the receiving end of uh you friend zone this somebody <laughs> any kind of love you're not receptive to whether okay, you're stranger okay. zoning them or friend zoning them or family zoning them <laughs> Just be be firm. Um, you don't have to be hateful. Just be firm, and because if they don't if they don't respect you after that, then you've got you've got a much bigger problem on your hands that 
might require some other in <laughs> interventions. Just be be very very firm. This is how I feel. I'm not I'm not interested in in pursuing a relationship with you. Uh, it's it's not going to work. Please stop. Mm -hmm. And that sorry, that's really all you can do and still be proud of yourself. Because <laughs> there's, I mean, you could be hateful. You can be hateful and really show them that this is not going to work. But I don't, I don't feel like that's good advice. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, assertive, but not hateful is, is probably the best way to go. But in a pinch, just be hateful. Um, <laughs> in a pinch. <laughs> if, if, you have, if you have been firm several times already and they're still persistent, yeah, yeah, by all means, they have warranted the hateful. <laughs> and, and even if they haven't and you just feel like it, do you, boo? We're not judging. Um, <laughs> if you get the stalker vibe, yeah, call the cops. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I lied, by the way. I definitely have another question. <laughs> uh, quick. Okay, I want your first answer, and then I want your thought-out answer. Because, by the way, we have not planned this at all together. No. Um, <laughs> obviously, I feel like that's so obvious. <laughs> uh, okay, so what's the opposite of love? <laughs> hate <laughs> okay okay my gut my gut that, that's my gut answer i have i have a, a thought out answer but i can't think of the word apathy um, yes yeah. apathy. you just don't care there's no feelings you can grow from hate you can't grow from nothing exactly exactly so i agree 100 i used to think it was fear but i think hate or not hate jeez apathy <laughs> I think apathy is the is the most correct answer that I've seen as well because apathy is a complete lack of feelings. Hatred requires passion. Yes. So, and then I just wondered because I thought, oh, I'm just going <laughs> to throw her off and just just ask her a rapid fire, one rapid fire question. It's <laughs> one rapid fire. Um, so before we close out, is there anything you would like to add or ask me or add? <laughs> Those are your three options. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. No, I think I've said everything that I wanted to get across. I'm happy with our conversation. Perfect. I am extremely happy with our conversation. Every time I talk to you, my face hurts for like the next like half a day. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this has been wonderful. And in case I haven't said it to you in a while, Bethany, I just want to let you know that I love you. In a philia kind of way. I and, in a philia kind of way as well. In case, you know, in case I haven't said that super weirdly specific with, sentence. With maybe a little bit of storge. We've known each other a long time. Yes. Yes, that is true. I love you, philia storge. In, <laughs> sounds like a book. Um, <laughs> and to all the listeners, I love you, agape. So... Y'all do you, and I'll be here. I might not be your friend, but I'll be here and <laughs> loving you from afar. And other than that, uh, just thank you for listening as always. And I'm not being sarcastic, by the way. I mean, I really do. And I know Bethany does too. 
peas in a pod we are. Um, so thank you once again, Bethany, for having made the time. I figured out how to make that into the right sentence. Um, <laughs> having made the time to come on here, I appreciate it. I know you're a very busy woman, so it is always wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So love y'all. Bye. Bye.